G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It doesn't matter what your gear in life is. When you choose to use that God-given gift specifically to honour God, to bless other people, one thing's for certain, the going is going to get tough. You're going to hit opposition. And if it goes on for any length of time, the one thing you're really going to want to do is to just give up. Diamond, thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're heading into the final message in this series called Rekindling the Flame. And yes, we're going to be chatting about keeping on, keeping on, continuing, persevering in your gifts and abilities. So let's head into the Word of God. And whatever you do, stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you how you can receive Christianity Works free daily devotional. It's called Fresh. And it's all about helping you draw closer to Jesus and grow stronger in your faith. Over these last few weeks, we've been chatting about rekindling the gift that God's put within each one of us. And you know the exciting thing about that? When we use our gifts, I mean, when we take the things that we've been given in our makeup and put them to work, it's so incredibly satisfying. I know myself, one of the things I really enjoy doing is playing the piano. In my younger years, I practiced hard all the the scales and the arpeggios and sat the exams, practical and theory. But when I moved away from my parents' home, I went years, probably 20 years, without playing the piano much at all. Eventually, my mother gave me the grand piano we had out in the music room. And when it arrived in my home, I started playing it again. These days it sits in my study where I pray, where I write my books, where where I prepare these radio messages. And a few times each day I'll go and play for 10 minutes or so. It's just such a delight and a joy to be able to do that. That's just one small example, almost trivial. But as we've been chatting about these last few weeks, I know I've been emphasising the fact that our God-given gift is meant to be a blessing to other people. I'm blessed through your gifting the things that you can do that I can't, and hopefully you're blessed through mine. That's how it's supposed to work, and it does. But there's something so incredibly special about the enjoyment and the fulfilment that we get when we use our gift and we see it impact in other people's lives. All my life, I was looking for fulfilment in the things that I could get. And I didn't realise that fulfilment only really comes when we take what we already have and we give it away, when we use it to bless other people. About 18 months ago, a young teenager from a broken home contacted me in response to one of these radio messages that she'd heard. She was only 13 at the time and going through a really terrible time at home. But she also had a hunger for God, and so she asked me some questions and I was able to share a few things with her. And within weeks, she gave her life to Jesus and she was filled with his Holy Spirit. And in the middle of all the bad stuff that happened, she had a joy and an excitement in her that she had never experienced before in her life. 
Well, I was praying for her the other day, so I sent her a quick email to find out how she was going. She came straight back to me to tell me that she was powering on with God, that the whole life had been changed. Now, I had just some small part to play in that, but the joy and the sense of satisfaction that I gained from knowing that God had used me, me of all people, this 52-year-old man who's never met this young teenager, who isn't what you'd call made to be involved in youth ministry, it makes me smile. Does it make sense? It's so easy to forget that we have to use it. And when we do, even though it can be really hard work, it's so fulfilling to use the God-given gift that we have. And to emphasise this, the Apostle Paul is writing to his young protege Timothy back in the first century, encouraging him to rekindle the gift that God has put in him, has this to say. I'm reading, if you have a Bible, from 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you to proclaim the message. Be persistent whether the time is favourable or unfavourable. Convince, rebuke and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but they'll have itching ears. They'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and they'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. As for me, I'm already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And right here, Paul is getting Timothy and us focused on the big picture. One day soon, Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. Time is short, and because of that, I solemnly urge you, to keep telling people about Jesus, irrespective of whether the time appears to be favourable or not. Be persistent. Keep telling people. Convince them. Rebuke. Encourage with the utmost patience whatever it takes. Now, Timothy's gift, the one that he was being called to rekindle, was the gift of teaching and preaching as an evangelist. Praise God, not everyone in God's family is a preacher and a teacher. But do you see how this applies equally to each one of us, irrespective of what our particular gifting happens to be? If you're an encourager, it applies equally to you. If you're a giver, it applies to you. If you're a compassionate pastoral person, this applies to you. There's great joy and satisfaction in exercising our gifts. I mean, look at the satisfaction with which Paul looks back on his life. But what we want to do is to pull up and take a breather when the time appears to be unfavourable. What we want to do is we want to stop using our gift when the going gets tough. And Paul's saying, no, the time's short. People are dying and they're going to a Christless eternity. Jesus is planning on coming back sometime soon to judge the living and the dead. God's put each one of us where he's put us with whatever gift that he's given us in order to make a difference in this world for him in order to bring people to Jesus, in order to see them growing, for them to realise their giftings and to start using those. And we need to be doing that because the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but they'll have itching ears. They'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and they'll turn away from listening to the truth and they'll wander away to myths. Ain't that the truth?
It's something we see all the time. People chasing after this and that. People trying to pull alongside so-called gurus who tell them what they want to hear. Jesus never told people just what they wanted to hear. Yes, he was often very sensitive to where someone was at and, and where they were coming from. But he didn't dress it up. He didn't put any spin on his message because the truth is the truth. There is a heaven. There is a hell. And many, many are heading the wrong direction, however enticing that direction may appear to them right at this moment. Have you ever watched the news and heard some so-called Christian leader tickling people's ears with the sort of stuff that people want to hear? Just the other evening, I saw a Christian denominational leader standing side by side with a Buddhist monk, a Jewish leader, and leaders of other religions proclaiming that there was more that binds them together than pulls them apart. Well, maybe that's what the world wants to hear, but that's not what Jesus said. That's not the truth. The thing that puts Christianity out there on its own is that it's based on the truth that Jesus is the only way, that no one, no one will come to the Father except through him. And this is the reason that we need to continue living out our giftings, each one of us, for the glory of God, to share the truth of Jesus into the lives of people. I know that there are those listening who've turned back. I know that there are those listening who've lost sight of their gifting, their one particular God-given gift altogether. And today I believe that God is speaking especially to you through his word. I believe that today God is calling you back to the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. And before you tell me it's all too hard, there's too much weighing in against you, let me tell you this. Inevitably, when we've seen amazing breakthroughs in the lives of people here at Christianity Works, young Amy recently pulled back from the brink of suicide, the time for proclaiming Christ has never been favourable at all. We, we just went and did it in the face of the opposition. And you know what we discovered? Duh. That God's grace was more than sufficient for us. For some reason, more often than not, That's a surprise to us. More often than not, we're so focused on the adversity that we're facing, we lose sight of the fact that God's at work, that all things are working together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. That's God's grace, and it really is sufficient for us. I mean, it really is. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you be all that God made you to be. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each day. You can read it, listen to the audio or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. God's Word, fresh for you each day. And it's completely free. To get instant access, just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. And when you do subscribe, you'll instantly receive a free copy of the e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? That web address, in case you missed it, is ChristianityWorks.com. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, they say that no man is an island. Actually, it's true of women too. 
but sometimes it seems like the rest of the world is pretty much ready to desert us. And when we feel all alone, we wonder if we still have anything useful that we can do. So, do we give up or do we keep going? There are parts of the Bible that I am prone to skimming over. For instance, the genealogies. They are so long and boring and dry, particularly the one that goes on for pages and pages at the beginning of First Chronicles in the Old Testament. I mean, who has time to read that? But one man did, a guy by the name of Bruce Wilkinson, and he stumbled across the prayer of Jabez, one of the most powerful prayers in the Bible, and he wrote what is now one of the most read Christian books on the planet, the prayer of Jabez. And that's how it often is with those bits that we'd rather just kind of skim over. The introductions to Paul's letters or epistles in the New Testament. We always want to skim over those, but there is such a richness and power in those introductions, we do so at our own peril. And finally, the bits that I used to be prone to skimming over were, were some of the personal notes at the end of Paul's letters in the New Testament. He'd run all this rich, meaty, theological stuff that you and I can apply to our lives, and then, almost like a, like a PS on the end of a letter, he kind of writes, well, look, says, say hi to Fred and tell Betty to come and visit me soon and give my regards to all my friends in, you know, all that stuff. But just the other week, as we were together exploring what it means to rekindle the amazing gift that God has placed within each one of us, we read this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is useful for teaching, reproof, correction and training, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. And so as we draw to the end of the Apostle Paul's letter to Timothy, and we get to the personal bit, I'm going to resist the temptation to skip over that bit, Because, as is always the case, there are some gems hidden in there that the Holy Spirit wants to take out and write on my heart and write on your heart. Paul sets out the purpose of his letter to this young protege, Timothy, back in chapter 1. Timothy's going through some really tough times, but as Paul reminds him of all the trouble God's gone to, to get him to this point in life, he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 6, it's for this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that's within you through the laying on of my hands. And down in verse 14, guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. It's about rekindling the gift that God's put in each one of us and using it for God's glory. Why? Not only because doing that is so incredibly satisfying and fulfilling, which it is, but because the time is short and people are going to a Christless eternity, as we saw before the break on the program. And I pray that you, like me, have been powerfully encouraged and motivated to rekindle the gift that God's placed within you over these past few weeks, as we've let God's Word transform us from the inside out. So, here we are, drawing to the end of the letter, and we get to this personal bit. What does the Holy Spirit have to say to us through this, if indeed every scripture is inspired by God and is useful in our lives? Let's have a bit of a read about what Paul has to say on the personal front. I'm reading now from 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 9. He writes to Timothy, Look, do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with his present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has also gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is left with me. Get Mark, bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. I have sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the goldsmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. 
You must also be aware of him, for he is strongly opposed to our message. At my first defence, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me great strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Quite a devastating story, isn't it? All these people who've done Paul harm and deserted him and left him. Remember, at this stage, Paul, after many years of ministry in Jesus' name across the known world, is pretty much at the end of his career on death row in a Roman dungeon. He's been through court hearing after court hearing. He's served the Lord so faithfully through so many trials and tribulations. And now this... God's people, the very people who should have stood by his side, the very people who should have been there for him, have either deserted him en masse, or, as in the case of Alexander the coppersmith, have done him great harm. Can I tell you something? There's nothing that's more damaging than when the people who are close to you, the people who you should be able to trust, the people who should be caring for you and standing with you, God's people after all, desert you and betray you. Our immediate response to that is, This shouldn't be happening. And when it does, it ranks right up there as our number one excuse for not exercising the amazing gift that God's given each one of us for his glory. It's our top excuse as we conclude that, well, you know, if all those other Christians in my church can't get their act together, why should I? Ever had that running through your head? As though because other people lose the plot, it must therefore be fine and dandy in God's eyes for us to lose the plot, for us to put our gifts and abilities on ice and let countless people head off to a Christless eternity. Let me ask you, is that what Paul did? No. He relied on the Lord and even when he's locked up, chained to a Roman guard, this is what he does. He uses the opportunity to tell the Romans about Jesus. Philippians chapter 1 beginning at verse 12. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Don't you love that? Would the time have appeared favourable there, chained up in prison? (laughs) Probably not. And yet Paul used his gifts and abilities to turn that around for good and bring Jesus to his jailers, for goodness sake. I want to encourage you today not to let anything, any disappointment, any adversity, any betrayal stop you from taking your gift, your unique God-given ability back out of the locker and putting it right to work where you are for the glory of God. Don't wait for a better time. Don't wait for the storm to clear. Don't wait for God to put you in a much better place. Start using your unique gifting right now to be as Christ to a world that desperately needs a saviour, whether they realise it or not. Because in all likelihood, there's someone close to you, someone that God has deliberately put in your proximity space who needs to hear about this amazing Jesus through your unique ability to tell them, through your gift of service or encouragement or whatever it is that's your shtick in life. And one day you'll meet them on the other side and have all eternity to rejoice in Christ with them. Friend, that's the plan. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. So often the gifts and abilities that God's given to his people People like you and me are still there, but they're dormant. With all my heart, 
I believe that God wants you to be all that he made you to be, to use those gifts and abilities for his glory. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Rekindling the Flame, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you do just that, to become all that God made you to be. And you know, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into your situation, into your reality. To request your copy, stop by at ChristianityWorks.com and you'll see that free offer right there towards the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be winging its way to your inbox in just seconds. It really is that easy. But this is the very last week that this particular booklet will be available, so please don't miss out. Again, that web address is ChristianityWorks.com. Now, have you ever felt like giving up? Yeah, you know the theory. God has gifted you in this way or that way, and you're meant to live it out and follow his call on your life. Great. But man, it can be tiring sometimes. And the longer the road, the more tired we get. And of course, the greater is the temptation simply to toss in the towel, simply to give up. I'd like to finish up today's message and indeed this whole series on rekindling the flame with an exhortation because I know that from time to time our flesh is weak. We're human, we grow tired and we want to pull over and give up. Serving God's hard. You know, I've basically had three careers in my life. The first was in the army, four years of tough training at the Royal Military College, Duntroon. It was brutal, followed by six years as an officer in the Australian Army. Then I went on to an IT and management consulting firm that I owned and ran with my two other business partners. And there were times in the early days when we couldn't pay ourselves and clients were demanding. Running your own business is not easy. And then full-time ministry here as the CEO of Christianity Works, sharing the love of Christ through these radio messages and many other media outlets and activities. And without a shadow of a doubt, the hardest of those three by far has been full-time ministry. Because in the spiritual realm, the enemy comes against you. Why? Because he doesn't want us to use our gifts and abilities and resources to tell people about the amazing love of Jesus. As I've shared Paul's letter to Timothy with you and read the adversity that Timothy faced in ministry, I have so related to that. I've been blessed hugely by listening to God's word through Paul to Timothy too. It's been such a great encouragement. And it's not just in full-time ministry, let me say. Anyone who believes in Jesus, who follows him, who, who lives their lives out for him, is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we step onto that spiritual battlefield called life, when we do that for God, when we deliberately set out to use our gifts and abilities and resources for God's glory, it's going to get real hard real quick, let me tell you. And when that's been going on for a while, you know what? Our flesh becomes weak. Mine does. Yours does. We're human. So I want to finish off with an exhortation again from the Apostle Paul about our flesh, our human nature that craves security and comfort and rest, that hungers for its own way and recognition and reward and glory, because this is really important. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 23. Paul says, look, I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we an imperishable one. 
So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body, I enslave it, so that after proclaiming to others, I myself shouldn't be disqualified. There there is a passion there, a focus, a discipline there for Paul in using his particular God-given gift for the glory of God. And I don't care what our particular gift is. It may be pastoral care. It may be encouragement. It may be showing compassion. All those things sound warm and soft and fluffy. But anyone who is in that space will tell you it's a tough gig and sometimes they grow weary and sometimes they want to give up. But what Paul is saying to us here is, look, people will make sacrifices for all sorts of things to run a race and win the prize. An athlete needs to make all sorts of sacrifices And that's true. You and I make sacrifices for our career, for our family, for all sorts of things all the time. Why wouldn't we want to make sacrifices for Christ's sake as well? If we're prepared to make sacrifices for a perishable prize, why wouldn't we make sacrifices for an imperishable one? So when the flesh gets weak, when all we want to do is to give up using our God-given gifts for God's glory... And I'm sure there are some today who are at that point, right there, right in that dark place, right in the face of the opposition and the disappointments. It is time to rekindle the gift that God has placed within you and to keep on going and using it for his glory. Friend, God has given you a special gift. Don't give up. Don't stop using that gift to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. Before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. Our passion here at Christianity Works is to see your life powerfully transformed as you draw ever closer in a rich, dynamic relationship with Jesus. So let me encourage you to check out the treasure trove of practical, relevant and life-changing Bible teaching on our website, ChristianityWorks.com. It's full of free resources to help you draw closer to God. So dive into that media lounge to watch our weekly Christianity Works television broadcast or the daily fresh devotional videos. Everything's been conveniently categorized so that you can easily filter the content to quickly lay hold of just the teaching you need for whatever you're going through today. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Rekindling the Flame, and it's all about helping you become all that God made you to be. With all my heart, I know that Jesus wants to have a powerful impact on your life to bring you his joy, his peace, and his power. So go on, head across to the mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and check it out. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.